0: Well, good morning. Well, that was loud. It's like, hey, shocked you, didn't I? I saw that. It's like, wow, I've got to get my heart started again. That's fantastic. So, good morning to everybody on the lot. Good morning to everybody online here at Redemption Church. And it is so weird to wake up in the morning, you walk outside, it's cloudy. And because you're from the Pacific Northwest, it feels like home suddenly. It's so bizarre. It's like fresh baked cookies in the morning, it's just clouds. And we're like, thank you for a cloudy day, Jesus. It's why we live here to get rained on. So, but there's no rain today, which is great. But we are here to investigate what it is Jesus wants of our lives. And that's what this whole series is really dedicated to do. In fact, It was probably a couple of months ago, I was reading a book and in the book, it was just this little nugget where the guy made this point that said, everywhere in the New Testament, when you read that word called, it has this implication that we are called to a purpose. We're called for a reason. It's not just that Jesus calls us to be saved so that we can enjoy all of the dividends and benefits of knowing him, but he calls us to a task. He calls us to do things in the context of the world where we bring a difference, where we bring flourishing, where we bring blessing, where maybe there is the lack thereof. And so that just inspired me. I'm like, man, I want us as a church to know what it is we are called to do and to take that seriously, to make sure that we don't fall victim to the idea that our faith is mostly about us that it's about our journey it's about our spiritual enlightenment our sense of renewal our sense of connectedness to God though those are true but all of that is then to be expressed and exported through our lives in such a way that it blesses others and today that is the very topic that we are called to bless. That is the heart. So if you like to take notes, we have an app and in the app there are notes that you can follow along with, blanks that you can fill in. There'll be some little nuggets in there that you want to kind of tuck away in your life to live out in the world that you live in because that's what the world needs to see so you can follow along on those notes. But as we get underway, I want to go ahead and pray for us today and and I'll I'll just be real transparent with you about this. Um, I think the topic today is one of those where in one sense you're going to be like, yes, this is what I want to do with my life. And there's another sense in which you're going to be like, boy, that is really hard to do in the real world. And I think sometimes when things are hard to do in the real world, we almost excuse them away. We block them out. And this is one of those topics where I think we don't have the luxury to do that. And the world desperately needs to see what it means to do this thing, which is a call to bless. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to really work in our hearts and minds and prepare us, not just simply to receive this, but to live it out, to go do it. Because that's where it really kind of matters. That's where the grits hit the skillet, right? It's when we do the stuff, not just go, ooh, that was good stuff. I took notes. That was great. No, we want to actually live this out. And so I'm going to pray today that we would be awesome at doing this, especially when we're resistant to wanting to do this, and that the Spirit would work in us in the process. So let's go and pray together. Jesus, I thank you that um, in the invitation to follow you, you were very clear. There was no fine print in the contract. You let us know that what it means to follow you is to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and do things as you did them. And that that's the calling that you place on our life. And I pray that we will then take that seriously, not simply because you commanded it, but in doing it, you will bless that. In us doing what you want us to do, you will reward us for that. And when we choose to live like you want us to live, it's where life is truly abundant and it is freed from the constraints of this world. So I pray that you will help us, teach us, guide us, challenge us to take that calling you have on our life seriously that we would be change agents and difference makers in the world that we live in here in Duval or Redmond or Woodinville or Carnation or Monroe, wherever we're at, whether it's on the job or at home or in the community, that we would really be that light and that salt that you call us to be. So we look to you, Jesus, we seek you and we need you in your good and perfect name. Amen. So today is all about blessed, blessed, blessing, all of those kinds of ideas and it's kind of weird because I think there are words within our Christian faith that we hear them so often, we don't contemplate them to go like, what do they actually mean? And I think this is one of those words, blessed. We use it all the time. We chuck it in our songs. We talk about hashtag blessed in life, whatever it is. But sometimes we don't understand the range of what that word is trying to communicate and then what it calls us to in light of that fact. So when you read through the New Testament, if you had sort of the skill set to read it in its original language that was penned 2,000 years ago, that is the Greek language. It's called Koine Greek. It's a little bit less kind of polished than classical Greek. And there you would find two basic words for this idea of blessed. One means literally to elongate happiness. That is the word makarios in Greek. And so it's this idea that when you meet a person, if you bless them, you want to stretch their blessing or stretch their prosperity, stretch their happiness. So it's a growth in happiness. That's literally one idea of blessed. The other idea is where we get the word eulogy from. If you go to a memorial or a funeral and they read a eulogy, that's literally a blessing. And in that sense, it's a blessing about the person. You are speaking of their virtue, their value, their, their impact in the world. And so you're basically praising them. That's another form of blessing. And so when we read through the Bible and we kind of study this word, we understand that at the root of this very religious word is something that very much Americans, people in general, they seek. They seek happiness. They seek to be praised. They seek to be encouraged. They seek to be uplifted. That is the essence of what it means to bless. And we all want it, right? We all want to be blessed in our lives and we want to be a blessing in the lives of other people. And so with that, that's what we want to understand today. If we're called to this thing, what does that thing then look like in the real world context that we live in? Now to kind of set the stage for this, I want to talk about kind of the three forms of this word that we find in the English language inside your Bible. The first is just the word bless. And in your notes, you'll see these definitions there. And bless, you ready? This is what you and I are called to do. We are called to do the activity of bless. It's what you do to another person. You bring that to the environment. That is to bless then you have blessed or our lazy English version of blessed, right? It doesn't end in a T, but we throw it in there for fun because we're English and we do that, right? But blessed or blessed, that has a little bit more bandwidth to it. It might be something that is done to you and so you feel blessed. It might be something that you do to others and you are making them feel blessed. It has all this kind of range behind it. And then there's this third form you read in the Bible, which is blessing. And this is that thing that you experience, but at a deeper, tangible level. So it's bless, blessed, or blessed, and blessing. And when we look at this kind of chief verse that talks about our calling today, we're looking at the first and third of those in the text. In fact, we start in 1 Peter chapter 3. And Peter writes this to this suffering, hardship-ridden church. He says bless this is a command you might as well put an exclamation point on it bless for this is what you were called to that you may obtain a blessing right if you have your bible in front of you or you look at that passage in your bible at some point you could circle bless and you could circle blessing and when you circle bless you want to say that's in my job description And then you would circle blessing and say, that's the payday for me living out my job description. So one tells you what to do and the other tells you what you will receive for doing it. If you bless, you will receive a blessing. But I want you to notice the usage here again, because it's not saying that you are called to be blessed. It says you are called to be the bless or. You're the giver of this particular trait right? You express this to the world that you live in. And so you're called to be an agent that produces happiness in others, literally, right? If you're called to do this thing that you are the one that's called to produce happiness in others, you are to celebrate certain things in others. You are to praise those things in others. You are to eulogize their life with what you say and what you do, right? You want to help others feel, quote, hashtag blessed. That's your mission, That's the calling that Peter is giving here. And again, when you do this for others, you're going to receive the same in return. In fact, the first thing in your notes, if you're following along with those notes, is number one, when it comes to blessing, you get what you give. You get what you give. And this is something that God digs doing, right? Like when you read through the Bible, you see that it says, you know what? For those who give mercy, they will receive mercy. For those who extend forgiveness, they will receive forgiveness. And here it's for those who engage in blessing others, who bless the world around them, they will be blessed or receive blessing from God. This is just the way God loves to do it. In fact, in Galatians it says, what you sow, you're going to reap. So the Bible is very clear. For whatever reason, God kind of does this thing where he lets us know in advance, whatever it is you seek from me, you need to live out in your life toward the world around you. And it's going to be measured. So to the degree that you do this, I'm going to do it to you. To the degree that you don't want to do this is to the degree you're going to miss out on it. Not as a punishment, but rather he's kind of setting the stage to say it's a choose your own adventure. If you really value this in your own life, you're going to value it in the lives of others. And you're going to do it in the lives of others so you can experience it in your own life as well. And so when you look at the Bible, if you're a person that seeks opportunities to be merciful or to be forgiving or to bless the people around you, then God's going to dole all that out to you as well. But if you're a person that says, you know what, I'm a little bit more demanding, I'm unforgiving, I'm indifferent to others' happiness in some way, or it's about my happiness first and their happiness second, well, then the Bible says that God's going to withhold some of that from you. Because you're choosing the standard. He already kind of gave the rules in advance, and he says, all right, now you decide. What do you want to do with this? Do you want it? If you want it, you got to then Go do it. And so he reserves blessing for those who seek to be blessers. But that's not the tough part. So, so far, this is the easy concept. See, where this really becomes sticky for Peter is this idea that when it talks about blessing, it's talking about blessing others in a context where it's tough to bless. It's about blessing other people that frankly may not be that interested in you blessing them. And if anything, they might even want bad for your life. And it's in that context where life is hard and people might not want your best, that you give your best to them and you bless them, even if they don't like you, are difficult with you, or don't want your flourishing in this world. That's the context of Peter's words. Thus, in your notes number two, When it comes to blessing, you get what you give, especially when it's hard to give it. Especially when it's hard to give. That's the real test if we own this idea of blessing. And so Peter's calling to blessing is in a bigger context in 1 Peter. So let me read the entire context. Starts in verse eight of chapter three. He says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind do not, he says, repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. I'm going to stop right here for a second and then I'll keep reading. But I love this because any of you in the crowd here in the congregation, if you like to be a contrarian in life, if you're the person that likes to do it different, say it different, take the opposite position, then this is for you. If the world is going to be difficult, you be the contrarian and you bless. If people are going to be mean, you play the contrarian and you choose to be nice. If people are going to want your bad, you wish them good. That's the contrarian that Peter is challenging. He says, bless, because for this you were called that you would obtain a blessing. So for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, here's what sticks out to me about this, right? Again, we started this series by saying, God went to Abraham and said, I'm gonna bless the nations through you. Everybody who shares this faith in the God of the Bible is called to bless the nations. We're called to bring flourishing where there's decay. We're called to bring love where there is hate. We're called to bring unity where there is strife. That is our calling in all of this stuff, right? And so from this, what I see in this text is we have to swallow our pride, our ego, our agenda. And instead we have to cultivate this heart that is sympathetic and loving and tender and humble. That is is hard, especially as we live in a world that loves the sport of division, loves the sport of one-upsmanship, loves the sport of going online and ranting and raving and fighting and arguing and calling each other this and that and victims and and, and evil people. I mean, you name it. We do these things, and now Peter kind of comes into the fray, and he says, or we do it really different, super different. And that difference is then seen here where instead of being insulted and thus offended. Instead of being offended, we, we praise. Or if we're wronged, instead of retaliating, we forgive. If people oppose our faith, our gatherings as a church, our sense of commitment to what we believe, if they oppose those things, we're not supposed to attack them, we're supposed to befriend them. See, Peter says, do good to those who may wish you bad. Seek peace with those bent on conflict. He says, default to blessing those who seek peace your burden i'll be honest when i read peter i have no interest not really i mean that sounds really cool until i have to engage a real problem and then suddenly i want to explain it away but here's why i can't run from it even if i don't like it i need to learn to embrace it because peter says to this you were called and and go back and, and look more closely at the text If I decide I'm not gonna do that calling, I'm not interested in that calling, that calling's too lofty. He doesn't say, well, that's unfortunate. That's a bummer. No, he used a word that freaks us out. He says, it's evil. He actually said it's evil, right? To not live the calling, he says, is this four-letter word that we put at the top of the stack of wrong. But that's what he's getting at. He says, to bless those who burden you, yeah, it's going to be hard, but to fail to do it, to slip into resistance or reviling or revenge toward them, not only does it actually rob you of your calling and the blessing that comes from doing your calling, but if you remember in the text, he actually says it affects our relationship with God. It says his face is turned from us and that doesn't mean you're not saved or whatever else. It just means, hey, you're not in agreement with God. You've decided that his way is a dumb way. Your way is a better way. You're not gonna do it his way. And so he's like, then man, we are not on the same page here. And so it affects this idea of his face turned versus his face towards you. And therefore, even the empowerment to do that, the passion to do that, the impetus to do that is gonna be diminished. You're gonna continue to go your own way, do your own thing, as opposed to embrace his way and his thing. And then all of that, because it affects then the witness of the gospel in the world, it affects how the world sees Jesus. If we don't bless the world around us, then that is evil, because then it can kind of contaminates how people understand God and how people understand their way to God. So it's weird that we go into a topic like, oh, Matt's gonna talk about blessing and now we go, whoa, this is really heavy. But it is because it matters. God takes it seriously. And, and I think the reason he does is I just take it back to why we're here as people that follow Jesus, right? So we're here to be uncommon. We've learned that in the series, right? We're called to holiness and holiness is to love in mercy and justice, That is what we are to release in the world. And then last week we learned that we are called to freedom, and that freedom isn't to use it on ourselves, but in love we serve one another. For the greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. So what we've learned is to be truly uncommon, truly holy, truly free, is to give ourselves away to a world that is dying, that is decaying, that is following a thousand different idols and chasing hundreds of different paths to blessing that really lead to cursing. So, so we're here with a pretty important task. But when we face the world and we don't seek to bless it, right? then the world's gonna look and be like, well, then what makes you all so different? How, how are you empowered by a God with a vision for the world that is about love and grace and truth? right? Because that's what it really comes down to. And I think what's really impressive is that when we face things like hardship, or inconvenience, opposition, uncertainty, or friction. If we can face those things and still be chill, that we don't get wrapped up in fear or this sense of worry about the things of the world, when we can kind of rise above those things and just put our trust in God and we're not reacting and we're not flailing, but there's this sense of just, hey, he's in control, I'm good with that. Jesus said, don't worry, I'm not gonna worry. Instead, I'm gonna bless instead of curse or just be cursing. That's a powerful thing. That's where the world sees a difference. Because I'm certain the most compelling argument for God or the Bible or Jesus is not an apologetic argument. It is not rolling in somebody that can make a defense of the Bible and give this cogent logical thing. No, the greatest defense is when we're different, right? People can't argue with people that are different, especially different in the positive. Like, wow, you just don't let anything shake you. Wow, you don't freak out when the world falls apart. You seem to have this transcendence to the problems of life. See, when they see that, they're like, now that's proof there's a God. But when we sound the same, look the same, act the same, react the same, kind of complain, gripe, moan, whatever it is, when, when we don't bless, instead we're just the ones that are also sitting around cursing. They go, well, you're no different than me. Right? Why would I want what you have? Because what you have seems to be what I have, but I don't have all the constraint of having to show up to church on a Sunday morning and give my money away. Right? And I'm more free than you. We're both complaining about life. It's just you're shackled by your religion. See, that doesn't woo and win anybody. That actually just builds barriers. And this is part of Peter's whole agenda here. The church is suffering. They have people that hate them. And he says, so blow their mind. Be cool. Love them. Bless them. And show you're above it. Now, the thing about this, and I want to be clear, we can't do this in our own strength. We're not going to white-knuckle transcendence. This is why Peter's words about, hey, you want to live a certain way, because otherwise it puts this barrier between you and God. And when the barrier's there, you're not going to have the, the strength or the fortitude to live this thing. You have to be tucked in to God to live this thing. He needs to be the one that's surging and pulsing in your life on a daily basis to do this thing right to be the blesser in a cursing world so it's going to require that but when we do that and we show this this transcendent strength because of his presence in our life that's proof to the world and we're meant to be the proof the world needs to see that proof that actually the gospel does in fact change people it's not just an ideology it's a transformation so it's a lofty call right Therefore, number three in your notes, we see this. The call to bless is lived out in the world by suffering well before a world that curses you. And this is probably the most important point we can walk away with today, right? The call to bless is lived out in the world by suffering well before a world that curses you. Peter continues in verse 13 of chapter 3. He says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed or blessed. So he says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, as different, uncommon. Somebody that does things differently than the world. That's how Jesus was holy. He says, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, So that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, for it is better to suffer doing good that it should be God's will than to suffer for doing evil. See, what I love about this is what I said earlier, the best defense is being above it all. The best defense is trusting the power of God. The best defense is having faith when everything's falling apart. That's the best defense. The best defense is to bless those who curse you. The best defense is to not worry when the world around you is worrying that's the best defense of the faith. And then when somebody says, why are you like this? You can, in what? Gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, say, here's why. Here's why. Right? God is big enough. Jesus is important enough. The Holy Spirit is powerful enough for me to live this way. And so the real proof that Jesus is in us is this sense of change and sustained focus. To be the blessers in the world of cursing to endure the tough even the torturous times with hope and gentleness respect and honor that's the heart of this text to be blessed and blessings and bless because the world is watching even the world that opposes us and so this is why i say you want to blow the world's mind right don't succumb to the frustrations don't succumb to the fears, right? Just don't give it to that, right? Don't grumble, don't complain, don't mock, don't pout, don't whatever. Like, that's what everybody else does anyway. It's just expected. And that's where we can be altogether a unique force in the world. Where they say, Hey, there is something legitimately different about you. Now, is this easy? Not at all. I always worry about that. Sometimes, like, you could be sitting there in your chair or sitting at home on your couch, and you're like, Matt, that's nice, but it's not realistic. It's very hard. I go, yes, it's very, very hard. I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why anybody would choose to follow Jesus if they don't read his words because he tells you right from the get-go, like, this is going to be tough. It's going to require a lot of you. This is why it's your life for my life. Like, it's, it's a lot of stuff. But if we actually can embrace it and do it, it is powerful, Right? more than that it's just the way it's the calling it's what God chooses to bless in our lives in fact Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6 this thing that he blesses this this thing we're called to do he said what blessings await you when people hate you and they exclude you and they mock you and they curse you as evil if you feel like man there's people in our culture that say that are Christians he says yeah guess what there's blessing behind that if you take it he says because you follow the son of man if they do all that because you follow Jesus hey man He says, You want to be happy. He says, When that happens, be happy. And yes, leap for joy, for great is the reward that will wait you in heaven. He says, To you who are willing to listen, and some of us won't. I do not want to hear it. He says, But to those who are willing to listen, I say to you, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Pretty much we have no excuse now, right? All of those categories apply. And those are all the things we're supposed to do in the face of all of those things. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? He says, no, I want you to love your enemies. Do good to them. He has to repeat it. He says, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. It's pretty simple. That's it. That's the calling. That's how we bless a broken world. We do things different. Paul said something similar in Romans. He says, bless those who persecute you. Do not curse them, but pray that God will bless them. So the next time you feel like somebody doesn't like your faith, they don't like your lifestyle, they don't like your position, they don't like your practice, they don't like whatever it is, instead of saying, I'm building an argument in my head, he says, just stop building the argument and start praying for them. And just pray that God blesses them, not like God smite them, curse them, take them away like David prayers. Don't do those prayers. Right? You do the Jesus prayer, bless those who are against us. Right? That's the way. He says, never pay back evil with more evil. Again, notice how this word evil keeps coming up in relationship to our calling. Like to not do it is not just unfortunate, but he keeps saying it's kind of an evil thing. He says, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. See, it's that idea right there that I think is important to the topic of blessing. And has to do with peace. And here's the thing. When you read the book of Romans, for example, you see the message of the gospel is that there was friction, there was divide between us and God, and Jesus comes into the world and it says he forges peace between us and God. He is the bridge by which friendship is established. And so when we care about peace and when we care about blessing others, we're caring about the very essence of the gospel. So we're we're really, in, in essence, saying we take seriously This idea of forging peace when there is divide because God was serious about forging peace when there was divide. And so when we bless those who curse us, we're saying peace matters to us even more than our own well-being because peace mattered to God so much that he sacrificed his own well-being for us to forge the peace. And so to maybe wrap this up here for this morning, we end with number four. The call to bless is about taking peacemaking seriously. If you really say, hey, I pray for peace, I want peace, there's too much division in our country, there's too much divide politically, socially, morally, whatever, you want to take peace seriously, then you have to become a blesser. You have to become a blesser. Again, I turn back to what Peter said at the very beginning. Bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to Love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. What does he mean by this, this turn away and do good? He says, seek peace and pursue it. That's it. That's our goal. God does not reward conflict, criticism, complaint. He doesn't reward demand or self-preservation. He doesn't reward mocking or Dishonoring, or attacking, or belittling, or accusing our disbelieving world—he doesn't honor that, and we want to default to that more often than not. He says, "That's fine, but I don't, I don't, I don't bless that. I don't honor that. Those things are unloving and proud, and Peter would even say they're probably evil." But our calling is to do something different. It's not to live our life based on what we want, but it's to live our life based on what the world needs, and the world needs us to be these change agents, these difference makers. Those people who will bless, even when burdened or bothered, or the world besets itself against us, We're to be the blessers, and from that we receive the blessing. Matthew chapter five. It's in the Beatitudes. It says God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Just in a moment of, of just context, or maybe uh, application. There is, we're all reading the news, right? There's a very real possibility that things may get a little crazy again for a while. There may be certain constraints or certain divides, and we're going to hear the politicians take different sides. And what do you do with COVID and not do with COVID? What do we do with masks and not masks? What do you do with vaccines and not vaccines? There's all kinds of context. You ready? For us to be different. We have this great opportunity to be those who don't grumble, don't complain, don't lash out. Don't mock, don't slander people. We get to be those people that say, you know what, I'm just gonna wish a blessing. I'm gonna be positive, I'm gonna be upbeat, I'm gonna say God's in control. This world is not the be all end all. It's all gonna come apart anyway. If it isn't a pandemic or a plague, it's just gonna be the fact that everybody ends up six feet under in a box in a bad suit or dress. Like that's the, that's the end point. And, and so between now and then, we're the ones that get to bless. We're the ones that get to do it different. We're the ones that get to live our lives as a model where people why are you not complaining about X, Y, and Z? Why are you not fretting about the economy or the healthcare system? Why are you so different? That's what the world is desperate for. And if we just sound the same, look the same, act the same, what a missed opportunity, what a missed opportunity. This is always the season, right? When things are rough, that's the season for Christians to shine. Or it's the season where we show our, our black light and it doesn't bless anybody. It just brings out all of the, the ook and the mess and the stains that are upon us when we fail to live it out. And so I just want to challenge us going into the fall and knowing that there may be all sorts of disappointments ahead. Live above it. Rely on the power of God to face it. Be the blessers of our culture. And from that, we will have a blessing. Let's go ahead and pray together. Jesus, you honestly call us to hard stuff. Like, I'm waiting for the day. I go, oh, that's the easy one. That would be fantastic. Just easy, low-hanging fruit that everybody likes to do because it's fun. But but you're like, no, I everything's backwards in the kingdom. Up is down, left is right, least is greatest, first is last. You're just like, so here's what we're gonna do. The world is set on cursing. You're gonna be a blessing. The world is set on complaining, so you're gonna have faith. Like, help us to do that. I again, they're, they're, we're just not gonna grab our bootstraps and cinch them tight and go marching conveniently here. It's, it's gonna be you. And so I pray that we are those people that the world can look at and say, wow, you guys are just different. You're not demanding, you're not complaining. You're trusting and you're, and you're befriending and you're blessing. Help us to do that, Jesus. We need your work in us to do that. And so thank you for the challenge. Thank you for giving us the power to do it. May we rely on you more than seek what we want for ourselves. We thank you, Jesus, and love you in your name. Amen.